Hey guys, happy April 14th, Tuesday. I hope you're doing well. Uh, Today I'm going to take you uh, to the year 2001. We are officially at the eve of 9-11 and then we will have our Zoom meeting and we will go through 9-11 much like we did on 9-11. But like I said yesterday, I hope that it's much, much more meaningful now that you know a lot of these players very, very well. So uh, in t- 2001, uh, you know, we'll go all the way back to January. Um, attacks were imminent. Uh, there was no secret. FBI was thinking something was going to happen. The CIA was thinking something was going to happen. But when and where, that's the question. Um, uh, if you recall also, the year 2000 was a huge presidential election. I know you don't remember it, even if you were kind of sort of almost born in 2001. Um, but this was um, George Bush's year that he was elected. And during the campaign process, not just him, but none of the uh, presidential candidates talked about terrorism. Again, it was there. There's a thought that this is happening, but what you know, normal Americans. That's not what what we were concerned with. And I can speak from experience because I went to college in the year 2000, so I remember this. So a name um, that hopefully you're familiar with, we've talked about him before, Khalid Sheikh Mohammed, very important, pivotal character, mastermind of 9-11. He is the uncle of Ramzi Youssef. Ramzi Youssef is also the mastermind of the World Trade Center 1993 bombing and the Bojinka plot. Um, uh, Khalid Sheikh Sheikh Mohammed, he uh, is the uncle of Ramzi Youssef. And when Ramzi Youssef was arrested in 1995 in the Philippines, uh, Khalid Sheikh Mohammed was across the street watching. And he was, he was like, oh my God, I'm getting out of here. So he booked it and he went to Afghanistan. That was the first time he actually met with Osama bin Laden in late 1995. And he took all of uh, Ramzi Youssef's notes and presented it. And that's when it was this late 1990s, you know, 1996 was the first fatwa against America. 1998, we have the um, Osama bin Laden uh, uh, Al-Qaeda attack on the African embassies. The year 2000, we had the attack on the coal. So the, I need you to understand that the plan for 9-11, this has been in the works for years, not months, not weeks, for years. Um, so he presents this idea to Osama bin Laden, and now the idea needs to come of well, we need pilots, right? And so where are we going to get these pilots, jihadist pilots? Um, and believe it or not, Hamburg, Germany, um, following uh, the Cold War, much like following World War II, uh, Germany wanted to, you know, recreate itself. We have one new Germany after, after the Cold War. So in the 90s going to early 2000s, this new Germany was extremely tolerant, religiously tolerant, uh, and so Hamburg was a port city. And during World War II, just so you know, uh, a lot of ships for Germany, Nazi Germany was built there. But in Hamburg, a lot of Middle Easterners moved there in the 90s to get engineering degrees, technical degrees. And so I, I'm going to give you four names. Um, the if you're, if you're following along on the notes I gave you online, it'll be much easier, by the way. So if you want to pause this and pull up those notes. But Ramzi bin Ashib, um, he is the only one from Yemen. The other ones are from, I'm going to give you three more names, uh, Marwan al-Shahi, Ziad Jara, and Mohammed Atta. These three are from Saudi Arabia. All right, so very, very important because, again, this connection to Saudi Arabia as we're continuing to weave this weave this web. Mohammed Atta is a very important character. Um, his professor was actually interviewed following 9-11, and his professor could not stop talking about how smart he was. And 
uh, you know, he was very serious and not very friendly, but his thesis was phenomenal and he was just brilliant. So, um, what do all four of these guys have in common is they were connected through a mosque. Now, honestly, through my research, I have not found if that mosque recruited, if it was like the Al Farouk mosque in New York city, I don't know. And I apologize that I don't know, but they were all connected through this mosque and all of them ended up going to Afghanistan. Oh, the mosque is Al Quds. That's the name of the mosque. Um, if you're following along on the notes, you'll see how to spell it. But basically they all end up in Afghanistan and they're going to train there. And, um, uh, Muhammad Atta, that really smart guy I told you about, he originally wanted to fight the Russians in Chechnya. If you're not too familiar about Chechnya, there's oil, there's a lot of Muslims, the Chechens want independence, the Russians are like, yes, like you thought. It's really actually kind of interesting if you want to look that up. But anyway, so this is how they're going to get recruited by Khalid Sheikh Mohammed and um, Osama bin Laden. So these four are actually chosen um, by Sheikh Mohammed because of their personalities and their English speaking ability and their intelligence. Uh, in February of 2000, so going back a little bit, they made their martyr video and they speak of the U.S. as the great Satan. So again, I just really want to emphasize, and hopefully I'm doing an okay job, that this is a plan in the making. We're talking years. Um, they returned to Germany. They, they lost, they claim they lost their passports. They don't want any tracking of them going to Afghanistan. Uh, they applied for visas and they shaved their beard. So at this point, it's the movement forwards going towards uh, Afghanistan. Or I'm sorry, oof, America. All right, I'm going to take you to April 2001. Uh, I think some of you might almost be born. Colton, are you, I think, Cinco de Mayo, maybe 2001? Maybe, I might be wrong. Let me know. So April 2001, Ahmed Shah Massoud, very important guy. We've talked about him so much. Uh, the lion from Panjshir, he's the, the guy who was our greatest hope of saving Afghanistan after the war. Um, he actually spoke to the European Parliament. He went, and basically what he argues is that he, through intelligence from his Northern Alliance, that's his, his tribe or his group, he has knowledge regarding um, terrorists. He refers to the Saudi millionaire Osama bin Laden, and he refers to Al-Qaeda. And basically, he is saying that this group is going to perform a terrorist act against the United States on a scale larger than the 1998 bombing of the U.S. embassies in Kenya and Tanzania. Okay, this, this happened in April 2001. Became much more public in November 2001, for obvious reasons. Um, just so you know, the relationship with Osama bin Laden and Masood was rocky from the Soviet Afghan days. Uh, they have very different ideas. Um, also, with following the Soviet Afghan war, uh, when the Taliban rose to power, Masood never liked the Taliban. Osama bin Laden worked for the Taliban. So we have two very, very con con conflicting men. Uh, June 2000, um, Atta. Muhammad Atta. He also was very well-dressed, like super fabulous, super always really nice looking. Um, he um, and uh, Jarrah and Al-Shehi, they actually arrived in Venice, Florida. Fun fact for the day, my grandmother and mother lived in Venice, Florida their entire lives. And uh, it's this super quiet, quiet little beach town in Florida. Um, and so these three got their in, their flying instruction license. Um, the flyer, the flying instructors were later. So this is this is nineteen months before this happened. So again, um, 
the the flight instructors after 9-11, when they asked, they were like, yeah, you know, I mean, they didn't do anything, you know, illegal. I mean, they, they weren't too concerned with ever flying the plane, which was kind of strange, but, um, you know, they never did anything illegal. They then bounced on to Miami to get, um, another, uh, flying, um, um, degree or degree, um, uh, a license. And when they did their, their, um, simulations, they weren't too concerned with landing or takeoffs either. Again, red flag. Is it a clue? Is it part of this web? I don't know. Of course, hindsight's 2020. Um, two of the other hijackers, they were settled in San Diego. Now what's, I'm going to talk about on nine 11 day. What's it's, it's actually, I think very fascinating is we're going to have four pilots and then we're going to have the muscle behind the pilots. And so I'm going to give you a breakdown of, of the, of the pilots um, which I did, but then there's like, there's others that are kind of their muscles. So two other hijackers settle in San Diego. Um, what's really sketchy. And this was released after the fact is there's a guy by the name Omar Bayomi, and he just randomly happened to be at the halal restaurant where Hamzi and Midahar, these are two of the um, terrorist. They were, they were there, there, they were complaining about not fitting in. And all of a sudden this guy just like, was like, Oh my goodness, I overheard you talking. Why don't you stay in my apartment? Um, how about I get you, lend you some money? And so it's been a conspiracy theory theory. Did the CIA send him was, was the CIA trying to recruit these two guys? Of course, it never happens. They end up being on the planes that crashed into the trade center, but still it's really fascinating. So July 2001, a couple months before 9-11, the head of the CIA, George Tenet, demands a meeting with Condoleezza Rice and basically says, attacks are going to happen. And she kind of looks at him like, is this true? Uh, this, at the same meeting, Coffer Black, who's the head of counterterrorism, is like, yes, this is not only true, but we need to do something with war footing. The term war footing was used. This was still brushed under the rug. Uh, the, the same summer of 2001, I do remember this, a 2000 pound shark mauled a young boy and all over the news, there were all these shark attacks. And I mean, like all, and there was like, there were bull shark sharks were called the terrorists. So that summer I do actually remember like sharks were all over the news. That's what we were obsessed with. Um, in the background, the CIA was desperately trying to get policymakers to make a move. August 2001, President Bush wants an update. He told, he was told that Osama bin Laden and Al-Qaeda were playing an attack, um, basically words like ticking time bomb. We're, we're in a situation the same month, August, 2001 plane tickets are purchased by the pilots. Uh, Khalid Sheikh Mohammed had taught them how to read flight information. All right. At this time, August of 2001, the CIA gave the names of Midahar and Hamzi, those two dudes in San Diego. All right. Like maybe it was because maybe, maybe if the conspiracy theory is true and the CIA was trying to get them to like join the CIA, well, it was too late. Once the FBI have their name, they're no idea where they were. They were gone. They had taken off to get in place for, well, what's about to happen. So what's up with this? You know, the CIA has not been sharing information with the FBI, you know, from the Malaysia meeting we talked about from the movement of these two terrorists in San Diego. Um, those two terrorists, by the way, they were at that Malaysia meeting. The CIA knew that the CIA 
followed them to Bangkok. The CIA broke into one of their uh, hotel rooms in Bangkok and took pictures of their passport. Y'all, this information the CIA had and never shared it with the FBI. And this is what's so tricky. And what is this firewall? Why is this refusal to share information between the two agencies? At, at, in 2000, 2000, I mean, there was no law forcing them to cooperate. And the problem is, is that the terrorists, they're crossing lines. They're doing international things that, yes, that's jurisdiction of the CIA. But guess what? They're coming into America. That's FBI stuff. So the problem is that there's definite crossing. Uh, September 9th, 2001, two days before 9-11, two Al-Qaeda members posed as uh, journalists um, set up a meeting to interview uh, Masood. And um, they set off bombs and Masood is killed. Uh, This information, again, is not public. But as you know, this is going to all that web is going to come more and more clear following 9-11. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you're learning a lot. Uh, Stay healthy and make good choices. There's a lady who's sure all that glitters is gold and she...